when I was up at the Bible college this week, I had the opportunity to teach on the life of Christ up there. And on the Tuesday night, they have an international prayer meeting that they do. It's amazing, really. I was like, Lord, I'd really love to see that happening at New Hope and see people praying in this fashion. And they would, uh, they put this map of the world out on the floor and, uh, and they have some other kind of things that are kind of focused and then there's some person. But what you see is people praying for nations. I love it. It's just, it, it excites my heart. Praying for not only whales, but they're praying for, uh, you know, because of all that's gone on, how many of you guys have seen the news and everything that's happening in Israel? It's kind of like freaky, isn't it? Yeah. Well, there's a lot going on with that. And this is something we touched last Sunday night. We began to, actually, we started it on the kingdom of God last Sunday morning. And then we moved into Sunday night. And the main focus of Sunday night wasn't this one, this one, and this one, but was the soon coming king. That was where I was headed. That's where I really wanted to focus. But this morning, I uh, really feel that, and the Lord's really confirmed it to me through numerous things. I want to focus in for just a little bit on some of this that's happening around us because it's telling us Jesus is coming back soon. And we need to be ready. Maureen was praying it. We had a word, I think two weeks ago, um, that the Lord um, spoke to Andrea. He said, I'm coming soon. And so there's things like it. Now still, nobody knows the day or the hour. We have to be careful with that. But there are signs of his coming. Yeah, I'm gonna say it again. There are signs of his coming. That's not to leave us unaware of the season we're in. You guys ever been caught off guard? Like things happen and it's like, whoa, I wasn't ready for that. This isn't to be one of those kinds of things. We are supposed to be ready. And it's one of those things that either you're all on or you won't stand. Let me just read from a passage in God's word from Luke 17. See, the battle we're facing, oh, let me, let me before I do that. Um, in the prayer meeting that we had about the nations, there was things that were in the air. There was ideas and, and the Lord really made it clear because some people think I'm supposed to take Israel's side or Palestine's side, like as in a conflict. We're supposed to stand on this side or that side. And the Lord really brought out in that prayer meeting, it was really because it was in my spirit, then someone else spoke it, and the Lord really just confirmed it. There was a moment when Joshua was getting ready to go into the land of Israel, and he was gonna face Jericho. And as he does, he, the night before, he goes kind of, kind of scouts out some things, and he sees this guy standing in front of him with his sword drawn. Well, his first reaction is, whose side are you on? You on our side or you on their side? And Joshua's like gonna get ready to like do some fighting. And he says, neither. I'm the captain of the Lord's army. Boom. I mean, Joshua gets on his face and begins to worship. He tells him, take off your sandals, stay a while. This place is holy. And he begins to worship him there. Now I'm gonna say this. Many of us get caught up in the politics of whose side. Listen. That's, all that is is to cause distraction and division. That's to cause distraction from, from you about what the issue really is and division even among God's people. 
in, in, the, in, in the States, it's really severe with all the politics and everything else. They're on the left, they're on the right. It's getting worse now in the UK. And, and these kinds of things. So you have people marching about, you know, they're supporting Hamas and that kind of stuff. It's really weird, really. But for believers, we're not on that side or this side. We're on his side. But you have to know what that side is. Otherwise, you'll get distracted here or there and think this is what it's about when that isn't what it's about. Even to be opposed to certain things, yes, we can be opposed, but when we're opposed, we do it from a vantage point of being on the Lord's side. And this is spiritual. This is spiritual. This isn't just a natural thing. This is a spiritual thing. Is this making sense? I hope so. Because the, the fight that we face is not against flesh and blood. And it's something that you have to choose. What you put your attention to. See, if I go all the way back to the beginning of creation, see, God cast the devil out of heaven. In fact, if the angels really kind of did it, God kicked him out. But he said he went to the space called the earth, but the earth was still formless and void. The devil thought this was his space. So when God makes everything and he sticks Adam and Eve on there, he says, now be fruitful and multiply. You're made in my glory. My glory is to cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. And the enemy is already there, isn't he? Because remember the temptation that comes. In fact, people, what was the original most, what was the first sin in the garden? It actually wasn't Adam's. The devil was lying about God but it didn't come into the earth until Adam sinned and then it affected all creation. But the devil was there already. He thought the earth was his and God says, no, that's not even yours. (laughs) I'm taking everything over, all creation. The earth is the Lord's and all that it contains. And so there's been a fight against God for a testimony in the earth. It's been from the beginning. The devil thinks I've got this as mine. No, you don't own nothing. It's not yours. Hell isn't even his. It'll be his cage for eternity. It's not even his. But there's this, there's this testimony that God always has a testimony in the earth. Always. And God, this is the battle that's raging. Because the Spirit of God is going to glorify Christ in everything. And so, and so this battle between the, the, uh, the, 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 the antichrist spirit, which is a satanic one, and the fight between the spirit of God for a testimony in the earth, it's always been that way. And so when, when, you, when you recognize you're on one side or the other, th- there is no middle ground, that's a lie. There, there is no fence. <laughs> There's nowhere to stand in the middle. Jesus said, you're either for me or you're against me. You either gather to me or you scatter. And this is where the spirit of God has to be at work. And so even when God made Adam and Eve, he puts his spirit in them from the very beginning because the Holy Spirit himself is the only one that can enable any human being to stand. Because the spirit of God in you is the, he, not by power and not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And this battle is raging. And today, is this making sense? 
So this has always been down through the ages. God has had a people, whether it was the garden which was his space, he walked in it. Or whether it becomes the land of Israel where he, God walked in it, it was his space. He always had a, a people, he always had a place for testimony in the earth. And there was always God's power being made manifest in Christ. There was always this push from the beginning about the manifestation of Christ. So the battle is over God's testimony in the earth. Do you know that from the beginning, the devils wanted to control not only the unbelieving, who he's got under his sway, but he wants to get those that believe in God to bow to him and worship. It's always been that way, that's the pattern. Remember Daniel? He wouldn't, he wouldn't bow and pray to anyone else but the Lord, what happened? The whole lion's den. But God set up a testimony in him and the earth. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. See, in, in the Babylon, they had this big thing where they, this big golden statue, well, a big statue was set up, multiple phases in it, but big statue set up. And it was every time that you heard the, 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 the music play, you were supposed to bow and worship. But these people of Israel had come over from, from, they were taken captive into Babylon. And it doesn't say that a whole lot of them didn't bow. It gives you a couple of guys who didn't bow out of an entire nation that's taken captive. That's scary. And so they wouldn't bow and they're thrown into this big furnace and they heated it up seven times hotter and they throw them in there all bound up with all their stuff in ropes and everything else. And they go in there and, 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 and King Nebuchadnezzar, he's watching what's going on in there. He's waiting for these guys to like turn to ash and ah! it doesn't happen. In fact, it's so hot that it begins to burn the ropes off their hands. It begins to burn everything else other than them or their clothes. And as Nebuchadnezzar watches, he says, didn't we throw three in there? But I see someone like the son of God walking around in there too. See, God has a testimony in the earth and there are those that are willing, whatever it takes, Lord, but this is what Jesus said, if you want to follow him, right? And so you'll have a testimony in the earth. Those whose hearts are completely his. Those whose hearts like, Lord, I'm done with all this other stuff. Jesus, you're it. And he's willing to, to get into the fire with you. He didn't, I love the way Dan Muller puts it, is that he didn't bother with putting the fire out. <laughs> it just made them stronger than the fire. And when they came out, there wasn't even a smell of smoke. Dude, I've been camping. I know what it's like to have a fire and you like stink of smoke. They came out without even a stench of smoke and all their bondages had been burnt off. They got to, in fact, Nebuchadnezzar, it says, had to ask him, guys, can you come out of there? <laughs> because he couldn't go in and get him. Oh, that's the fire of God. <laughs> But God's testimony has always been this. Down through the ages, he's wanted, the devil's wanted to get God's people to bow and worship, not God. And it's happening again. It's happening again. 
I'm going to read from Luke 17. I'll start with verse 20. Now, when he, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observ- observation, nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is what? Within you. So he sets up that part. It's in you. We, we began to deal with some of that last week. So the kingdom of God is the reigning of God's authority where? In you. See, we want to make Christian nations. Dude, that's hard. There's so many controversies and public stuff. It's like, I don't want to say it's impossible, but it pretty much is. But when, when God reigns in you, you carry the kingdom where? Everywhere. You live under the authority of Christ. Christ is your king. So that means you obey his laws and his rules when you go to work. Why don't you steal from your company? Because I'm a follower of Jesus. He's my king. (laughs) Why don't you tell lies? Because Jesus is my king. I'm not going to be a liar, right? Um, Why don't you commit adultery? Because Jesus is my king and I'm following his commands. I live in his kingdom. His kingdom lives in, in me. When you pray for the sick, it's the kingdom of God made manifest through your hands. It's, this is what Jesus says. And so he goes, he's, he's then the disciples come to him, verse 22, and the disciples, um, then he said to the disciples, the days will come when you will desire, desire to see one of the days of the son of man and you will not see it. He's talking about him leaving. And they will say to you, look here, look there, and do not go after them or follow them. He's saying, listen, there's gonna be those that are gonna come and they're gonna say they're the Christ. They're a prophet of God. They've got another gospel. Oh, that's happened down through the ages. Okay, the, the, the people are trying to get people to believe different gospels. They, they hide the scriptures. In fact, even in, in, in Christendom, for a thousand years, they had the Bible, it's called the Dark Ages. They had the Bible kind of hidden and normal people couldn't get a hold of it. You wouldn't have been able to read it. it wasn't even translated into your language. <laughs> English, you couldn't even, it was all in Latin and it was all hidden. Only those that were priests could have it. And most of them didn't even speak the language to be able to interpret it. And they weren't preaching it. So people didn't know. And people are coming, or even now, I think think there's like, there's over a dozen, if I'm correct, in the world today, people saying that they're Christ come back. Jehovah's Witnesses, they say Christ came back in 1948, I think it is, but he lives in the Watchtower. (laughs) I'm serious, I think that's in New York, I think. You know, uh, you've got Mormons and this angel Moroni comes and translate, gives them like seven tablets of gold or something. He translated a different gospel. But Paul says, if anyone comes and preaches another gospel, then what we've preached to you, what you've received, what you've believed, let them be eternally condemned. It's, it's not a God, it's not an angel from God. It's a demonic spirit. It's, it's an evil lie. Islam. Muhammad said, yeah, the angel Gabriel came. It wasn't angel Gabriel, I tell you that. It gave him a different gospel. And, and in, in that, in the Quran, you know that their, their idea is to, to destroy, in fact, this is part of the whole issue, is to destroy Christians and Jews. Why? Because that's God's testimony in the earth. Yeah. <laughs> Lord help us. This has been going on. So, how many of you guys have seen on Netflix, they have like 
programs called Messiah and stuff. Yeah? Why would you watch those? Oh, it's just entertaining. I'm curious. <laughs> deception never comes and knocks on your door and says, hi, I'm deception. <laughs> right? So when you watch those things, you're, you're actually opening a door to bring stuff into your thinking and into your heart. You're going to have a problem. So just don't do it. Say, well, I'm curious. Well, kill it before it kills you. We okay? It's over, this battle that's happening is over Jerusalem. Do you know that when Jesus comes back, he's going to touch down on the Mount of Olives? Zechariah 14 and verse 4. In fact, if you go back to verse 1 to verse 4, when Jesus comes back, remember where he left from? Mount of Olives. The angel turns around and says, the way you saw him go, he's going to come back. Right? So, and, um, no, can we? Sorry, I'm waiting for them. To. So that's Zechariah, Old Testament, chapter 14. We'll go with verse 1. And now the angel who talked with me came back, yeah, came back and, and, and wakened me as a man who was awakened out of his sleep. Are we right there? That's, I don't know if that's right. Keep going, verse 2, chapter 14. Yeah, chapter 14. I was going to say that was it. For I will gather the nations to battle together against Jerusalem. Now, who's gathering the nations to battle? Okay, God is. God will draw enemies out so they get exposed as to who they are. (laughs) I know this is an unpopular idea. I don't really care because this is what God does. So even in your life, God will expose your... How many of you guys find sometimes you're not sure your friends aren't who your enemies are? (laughs) Yeah, it happens. And so God will actually draw your enemies out then it's really clear who they are. Because sometimes you can take advice from people, counsel from people, and you're like, they don't have your best interest in mind. And so you have to know who's giving you good counsel. Just because someone disagrees with you does not mean that they're enemies. See, I'm bringing truth to you. Some of you are like, well, I don't believe it. It doesn't matter. I'm being a friend to you by giving you truth. Better a kiss from an enemy or better a slap from a friend than a kiss from an enemy, right? And so you need to know God's doing this. He'll do it with Jerusalem. He'll draw them out because he's going to make really clear who's who, right? I think this happened (laughs) like two weeks ago. The city shall be taken, the houses rifled, and the women ravaged. Half the city shall go into captivity, but the remnant of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Keep going. And then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations. Who's doing the fighting now? The Lord's doing it. Okay, this is amazing stuff. As he fights in the day of battle. Wow, what a picture. Keep going, next verse. And in that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east. I've been on the Mount of Olives. I've been there. You can see Jerusalem. It's like right across this little valley. You kind of go down and up into the city, which faces Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west, making a very large valley. Half of the mountain shall move towards the north and half towards the south. And those that are left will be able to escape through the valley. When Jesus comes, he's going to come through the east gate. <laughs> you know what Muslims did back way, way, t- they, they, they made a graveyard there in front of the door because they felt Jesus couldn't go through it then without being polluted. (laughs) He'll just raise the dead and walk through. 
Okay, so it's this, this is like, when Jesus would touch unclean things, he made them clean. When he touched somebody who was dead, he made them alive. When he touched a leper that should make him unclean, he made them clean. This is Jesus. This is the Lord of glory who is coming back. But see, the battle is raging over Jerusalem because it's the city of the great king. There's also prophetic promises. Why is the fight so great? It's a little tiny track of land. And, and until recently, it didn't even bear a whole lot of fruit because most of it was like had become desert wilderness. In fact, still a lot of it is. There's better land as far as land goes for growing things. There's, in a sense, there's, there's stuff all over the place. I mean, Wales is greener than a lot of Israel. I don't mean to be funny. Why that track of land? See, there's promises that God has for both Jew and Gentiles. Do you know that the Bible says that there's gonna be a point when the fullness of the Gentiles comes in? This is um, Romans 11. I got verse, if you're taking notes, verse 25 and verse 12. And so there's this picture that, that God is gonna bring in the fullness of the Gentiles. Now this is racist questions for people. Let me just tell you this. There will be a last point when the last Gentile will get saved and then God's attention will be completely on Israel <laughs> and he's gonna save them. And then he's gonna cause to what's come out of them because it's like they have the old and the new. So they have all the pictures and types and they have the fullness of Jesus. Dude, it's gonna erupt with revelation and God's gonna, God's gonna cause that to cover the earth. It's gonna be amazing because the God's goal is that the knowledge of the glory of God would cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. The Bible says when in heaven that when these angels are <laughs> declaring the whole earth is filled with the glory of God, it is, you just don't see it. But the knowledge of the glory of God, see this is what the devil wants to get rid of. Any opportunity, <laughs> if he gets rid of all the Christians, gets rid of all the, the Jews, who's gonna preach the gospel? Who's gonna be a testimony in the earth? That's why he's fighting so hard to get rid of them. Because he wants, he wants the earth as his. He thinks if he can do certain things that break certain promises, that it'll stop Jesus from coming back, okay? The Bible says that the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the earth, in every nation, and then the end will come. He wants to stop that from happening because he thinks the longer he stops it, Jesus isn't coming back. He wants the planet and he wants you. <laughs> Is, I, I, I'm trying not to get too complicated. I'm trying to keep it very simple because the battle is actually for you. See the devil, the Bible says that in um, Ephesians chapter two and verse two, that the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, now the prince of the power of the air, um, in, which we, uh, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit what? Who, when? Now works in who? The sons of disobedience. So either the spirit of antichrist is at work or the Holy Spirit is at work in you. you there's no middle ground. 
And the devil already has that, <laughs> but he wants those that are, his, that, that are the Lord's. In fact, when the man of sin is revealed, this antichrist person, when he's revealed, he wants to take all religion and make it his own, and he's gonna set himself up and declare himself God. He's going to take all of the, the, the governmental systems and make, him, make that his own. He's gonna take the monetary systems and make that his own so that nobody can buy or sell. And you know, people will transgress for a piece of bread when they're hungry. So I'm gonna tell you, it's gonna take a whole lot of power internally for you to stand when even your stomach's going, how about this? It'll get worse when your kids are going, oh, and you're like, dude, I'll, I'll give myself to hell. You'll turn on your kids too at that point. Because what happens in a home where Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace, but I came to bring a sword where the members of a man's household becomes their enemies. Is this making sense? This, I'm, I'm sorry, it's like pastor, I came for a pep talk this morning. Wow. The truth shall make you free, <laughs> okay? Because you need to be ready. You need to be ready. You don't need to be deceived. You need to be ready. This is where things are headed. In fact, they're here, really, because that spirit of antichrist is already at work in the world. It's a violent, wicked spirit. Let me keep reading here in Luke. For as the lightning that flashes, is verse 24 of Luke 17, for as the lightning that flashes out of one part under heaven shines to the other part under heaven, so will the Son of Man be, so, so also the Son of Man will be in his day. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. He's talking about the cross. Now listen to this. And as it was in the days of who? Noah, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, and they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, as it was also in the days of who? Lot, who's Lot? See, when I said about the Old Testament characters, they're pictures of what's, of what's happening. Okay, so Lot was the guy, him and his family lived in Sodom and Gomorrah. They were, he was a nephew of Abraham. And Abraham was praying really intently that God might basically save him out of that because God had come and sent destruction upon Sodom and Gomorrah, okay? So in the days of Lot, they ate, drank, they bought, they sold and planted and they, uh, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so, it will be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, um, he was on the housetop and his goods are in the house. Let him not come down and take, take them away. And likewise, one who is in the field, let him not turn back. Remember who? That's why. So you have like, you have Noah, you've got Lot, you've got Sodom and Gomorrah, you've got Lot's wife. So all these Old Testament, um, just these Old Testament characters, these pictures, are speaking to us about what's coming. You following? Yeah. I just want to make sure we're on the same page. Okay, now I'm going to show you something kind of freaky. 
Let's go look at Lot for a, or let's go look at it, um, Noah for a second. Genesis and chapter six. So there's there's something about what's happened what happened with with um, with Noah that might kind of freak you out. I don't know if it will. Let's see. So you have this situation where in the earth there is this wickedness that's covering the planet. Let's see. Verse 5. Then, this is Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. When the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thought of his heart was evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. So what's it like in the planet when Noah's there? Evil is pervasive, yeah? Now we remember there's only two spirits, really. The spirit of God and whatever's (laughs) anti-God. Whatever category they fit in, whatever you wanna call them, right? Okay, that's it. So this is what's happening on the planet. Now, drop down to verse 11. It says, and the earth was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with what? Violence. In fact, it says it in the next verse, so God looked on the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their ways on, their way on the earth. You know what that word um, violence is? It's the word Hamas in Hebrew. That's the actual word. It means evil violence. It's not even hidden anymore. This stuff is public. (laughs) It's evil violence. It's the spirit of antichrist. It's the thing that wants to destroy every evidence of God's glory on the planet. And in any human being, any evidence that they were made in God's image, and those would testify any testimony of God in the planet, they want to utterly destroy it. That is the goal of Hamas. I'm talking about what's happening in Gaza. The word Hamas in Hebrew means violence. It's a spirit of violence and it wants to cover the whole planet (laughs) because it doesn't want Jesus, it doesn't want his reign, and it doesn't want any testimony of Christ, any testimony of God on the earth at all because the devil wants it for himself. I'm just trying to show you, as in the days of who? Noah. It's right there. It speaks to us from the past Why? Because things never really change. (laughs) The forms change, but behind it, the battle is still raging, right? And these enemies of God, they're still happening. And so it may have a different face or even a different color face. It makes no difference because the spirit behind it is what's driving it. So I'm just saying is, well, now Jesus told us this 2000 years ago that this is what's gonna happen. So and listen, and this is, you can go one way. You can go like, oh, I'm panicking. Or, Lord, you're amazing. You knew this beforehand. So you must have a way through. 
Is this making any sense? We're living in days that Jesus told us about. This is what's happening. The sinfulness of human beings is, was prevalent in the days of Noah. Every thought of man's heart was evil continually. The prevailing spirit on the earth was violence, Hamas. They was murder and violence. Do you know that in the last days in Revelation, uh, bring this verse up if you don't mind, please. Revelation 9 verses 20 and 21. Because even as God begins to judge the planet and hand it over to what it wants and plagues come, this is what he says, plagues come, they're released. And this is what happens. And it says, but the rest of mankind who are not killed by those plagues did not, what? See, sometimes we think if we can show, we can heal, we can show the power of God, people will repent. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Maybe if God shows judgment, people will repent. Some people do, other people don't. So it's both hands, right? And so here it is. And they did not repent of the work of their hands that they should not worship what? So demonic worship is prevalent. It's prevalent in the earth. We're heading up to Halloween, aren't we? I hope your kids aren't going out. Why would you want to side with evil and darkness and death? Why would you want to teach your kids to do that? Oh, it's just cultural. It's not, it's a spiritual thing. Please, I'm trying to help you. I'm not trying to hinder you or, or, or harm you. Because if you give yourself to evil, evil will take you. <laughs> it's not a game. They worship of demons, of idols, of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. Next verse. And they did not repent of their what? <laughs> their murders, that violent, that's, that's that violent spirit. Murders, their what? What's another word? That's the word pharmakeion. That's the word we get drugs from, pharmacy. Drug taking, they don't wanna, they don't wanna stop that either. I wanna smoke my weed, I wanna do my, my cocaine, I wanna take a crystal meth that's growing over here. Very dangerous. They don't want to repent of that either. It brings you under the control of a different spirit. Even drunkenness does that, you know that. I mean, you guys, I don't, don't raise hands because we got kids in here, but I mean, many of you have been drunk and you've done stupid things while you've been drunk, yeah? yeah. Okay, yeah, it's like somebody else. You've just, you've just submitted yourself to something else and it causes damage to you and everything else around you. It's, in fact, they don't even call it, when you go down the aisle, go into like Tesco's, if you ask them where the spirits are, where will they tell you? Yeah. <laughs> they don't even hide it. Murder, sorceries, or their sexual immorality, or their thefts. They don't repent. So we got what was, what's coming, and we got what we're seeing now happening in the earth, okay? Are, are you ready? Are you ready? Because when, when the lines are drawn, please hear me, 
Do you remember Peter on the night in which Jesus was going to be betrayed? Did he want to deny Jesus? He was adamant. I won't. I won't. I'll die with you. I promise. I promise. But he didn't have the capacity. So it isn't just about willpower or mind power. It isn't just about I'm making a decision. It literally is the power of Christ in you. It's the the fullness of the spirit of God in you because only the spirit of God can lift up the standard against the enemy and enable you to stand. That's why it's God's armor, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. He's the only one that can make you stand in the midst of it. Please hear me. If you struggle standing now, There's a verse in scripture that it says, if we can't keep up with the footmen, what will we do when the chariots come? There's also a suddenness. In the days of Noah, he got everything ready and he went on the ark. And when the rain started falling, do you know what it says? Who shut the door? In Genesis 7, I think it's verse 12, if I'm correct, 16. Genesis 7 and verse 16, it says, God shut the door. The Lord shut the door. Noah didn't shut the door. If Noah shut the door, Noah could open the door. Fair enough? Okay. I know we tell our kids this story of Noah's ark. It's a nice one, isn't it? All little animals, two by two. (laughs) How about this? The door is shut. Starts to rain. Now the water starts to rise. Then the water under the earth begins to burst forth, it says. Some of those craters you see that they say came from um, like things from outer space and meteors. Actually, some of those were probably made when the water burst forth. The same kind of the same kind of setup is made in the earth when that happens. When a it burst up from the ground. They, in fact, they've just, I think they've just discovered that there's more water under the earth than there is even in the oceans. But God knew that. <laughs> he made it. <laughs> the door shuts, though, and the waters begin. Now the waters begin to rise, and people realize, well, maybe, maybe Noah was right. Hey, Noah. Noah. Hey, dude, open up, man can't. I told you you should have gotten on board. The Bible says he was a preacher of righteousness. No, 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 man. Come on. No, man. This ain't funny now. My my family's out here. My kids are out here. Open the door. I can't. I didn't even shut it. God shut it. I told you you should have gotten on board. Now, what are you saying, man? It's too late. Listen, I didn't shut the door. The Lord shut the door. I told you you should have gotten on board. Noah! Man, if I get my hands on you, man, come on, open the door, man. Open, open the door. I think if Noah was alive today, he'd have counseling for the rest of his life, to be honest with you. 
What does Jesus say? Matthew 25, beginning with verse one. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were what? And five of them were, let me just say to you, you fit in one camp or the other. That's it. So if I was to ask you, which camp are you in? Not wise in your own eyes, but wise in regards to God's provision for you in Christ. In fact, if you read the Proverbs, it talks about all the things about a foolish person and how bad they are. But then if you read all the way down in it, it says there's more hope for a fool than one who's wise in his own eyes. So that's worse than being foolish, being wise in your own eyes. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took what? No oil oil with them. Wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they what? Okay, now just to say they all slumbered. They all slept. But ones were ready. If you're ready when you sleep, you're still ready. If you're not ready when you sleep, guess what? You're not ready. Okay, fair enough. And at midnight, the cry was heard, behold, the bridegroom is coming. Jesus is saying, this is what the kingdom is like. And guess who the bridegroom is? Him. Him, he's coming. He's gonna gather his bride. And in Middle Eastern idea is that when, when, the, when the wedding party comes, you get up and you join the wedding party <laughs> and you get to go in with them because you're part of the wedding party. <laughs> And all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, what? Give us some of your oil. Uh, No. You have to get it from who sells it. (laughs) There are certain things we can give away, (laughs) other things we can't. Okay? Our lamps are going out, they said. But the wise answered saying, no, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding and what? And the door shut. I say this, there's a moment the door shuts. I'm sorry, salvation isn't available forever. Do you know that? There's a limit. You know, God's patience isn't eternal. There's a limit, and when he brings judgment, it's, it's done. The mercy of God for those that are his endures forever, but to others who don't, if you reject the love of God, what's left? Does that make sense? And see, everyone's quiet, so either you're like, we don't agree with you, pastor, or we're gonna do things our own way, or like, dude, this is heavy. That could be it. Are you in Christ? Okay. Guess who your oil supplier is? Okay. It's not British gas. It's him. But it comes with intimacy with him. 
It's not meant for everyone else, it's actually meant for you. You know, God gives things that are just for you, for you. Not to minister, but for you, for you. And your interaction, your intimacy with him, they're for you. And it's okay to enjoy those, by the way. And the door was shut. Notice what happens when the other ones get back. Afterward, the other version came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, who answered? Okay, they say, Lord, Lord. So who are they talking to? The Lord in the picture. So who's answering them? He is. This isn't the saints answering. It's not Noah answering. This is the Lord. He shuts the door. Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Next verse. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which, what? The Son of Man is coming. So we know that parable, that story, has to do with Jesus' return. So it's, I'm not taking it out of context. I just want you to know that. It's, it, it's Jesus is talking about his return. When the door is shut, the door is shut. I want you to be aware because what was past is speaking to us now about what's, what's coming. And I don't want to say what's here. I'm not a, but it's really close. It's at the door. And I don't want you to get fooled. And I don't want you to be standing outside saying, Lord, open up. Can I say to you, they were both virgins, the groups. They were both waiting. One looked the part. The other one was the part. Okay? Going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. Okay? Please hear me. You could be born in church. It doesn't make you Christian. Yeah, Nathaniel was born at the Bible College of Wales. If anyone should be, it would be him. No, he wasn't. It took a while before he came to faith, before he really surrendered his life to Jesus. So you're either here or here. Can I ask you this morning which one you're on? Don't pretend. What's the point? Really, what's the point? Don't fake it. Don't say, well, I've got my own way of dealing with it. That's being wise in your own eyes. So you're either in or out. There's only one door to take you from this to this. Jesus said he's the door. Anyone who enters through me shall be saved, he said. (laughs) So he says, no one comes to the Father except through me. He's very clear on that. It's not whatever religious background you've had or whatever kind of history you've had. It's because of his death on the cross that he's able to make you clean and make you a saint so that you can enter. It's only by his resurrection then that he comes, he gives you acceptance, he gives you righteousness, and then he gives you his spirit. The spirit, I think, is the oil. That's my leaning. I want to be careful on that one. But there's an intimacy with Jesus because that's what eternal life is, that we might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. It's the knowing of him. Not I prayed a prayer. Yeah? Praying a prayer, great. That's a good start, okay. But knowing him is what we're called to. Walking with him. Can I ask, do you you know the Lord? (laughs) 
There's nothing about him. You know, Martha, it's great. Martha had a, a real theological understanding. And Kath, if she's here, that doesn't apply to Kath. I'm not referring that to her because I know that was the word that, that the Lord gave this morning. But Martha and Mary, Mary spent time at Jesus' feet and he said, what she has won't be taken from her. She was the one in the garden when Jesus rose from the dead. Do you know after Lazarus, you don't hear anything of Martha again. She's got great theology. Mary had wonderful intimacy. Lord, help us. This stuff's happening, guys. I'm, I'm trying to show you this stuff isn't a far off. This stuff's happening in front of our eyes and it's declared all over the news and it's staring us in the face. What kind of people do you think you ought to be? In true righteousness and holiness. Jesus came to deliver us from, from sin, Romans 6. He came to deliver us from the devil First John, I think it's chapter, oh, I think four. I, I can't remember, I'm sorry. But he came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to release you, Hebrews chapter two, um, verse 14, 15. He came to release you from the fear of death by dealing with the devil. <laughs> yeah. And so we could live in a space expectant of his return. He is coming back, saints. He's fulfilled all the stuff before he is going to fulfill the rest that still is to come. <laughs> I'll finish up here. Do you know what it says? He's going to reign on the throne of David. It's the prophecy we sing at, at, at uh, Christmas time. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. On David's throne, he's going to reign. Jesus is coming back. Amen. He doesn't come back to bear sin again. He's coming back to bring salvation to those that are waiting for him. He's going to deal with the Antichrist with the breath of his mouth, it says. He's going to go. <laughs> That's my Jesus. And he's coming back for me. I pray that you know. I pray that you're there. There is an assurance by the spirit of belonging. And there's a walking it through. You know that thief hanging next to Jesus on the cross had the greatest assurance I think any human being could have. Jesus looks at him and says, he, he was stuck, man. He was nailed there. He says, today you'll be with me in paradise because he put his trust in Christ alone. You and I, we're not nailed to a cross like that, are we? So we've got some time, hopefully. Hopefully you got locked time. I don't know how much time you have. But don't get bogged down or distracted with lots of other junk. <laughs> Be free. Be free. Yeah, let's pray. Father, we just bow in Jesus' name and just thank you, Jesus, that you are risen from the dead. All authority in heaven and on earth is yours. Lord Jesus, you are coming back.
you are coming back. You're going to descend from heaven on the clouds. You're going to descend on the clouds of heaven with glory and great power. Lord, you're going to deal with enemies. You're going to come and bring salvation to those that are waiting for you. Lord, you're going to raise the dead. Those that are, are yours are going to be raised up. And if we're still alive, we'll be caught up together with you to join that, that marriage procession. And Lord, you're going to come. You're going to touch down. And Lord, you're going to bring, Lord, the fullness of the kingdom of what you've designed, Lord, to bring to, and make it come to pass. Thank you. You're going to come and enforce the victory that you won at the cross. Lord, we love you. We thank you. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'll help each one of us that, Lord, we would be a people ready. Lord, not just with knowledge, as if we can ready at the last moment, <laughs> but, Lord, with power, with power. The Bible talks about if, if we know what hour the thief was going to come and break in, we'd stop him. I'm going to say this to you. You'd only stop him if you had the power to stop him. Otherwise, you'd hide. So it's not just knowledge of when. It's the ability to do. And when Jesus comes back, it's, it's being filled with his presence so that we're ready for him to come. And so, Father, we pray, Holy Spirit, come and fill. Lord, those who have been washed in the blood, may they be, Lord, really filled with your spirit. May they demonstrate it, Lord, the reality of that reign within them. Lord, let that seal be clear. Oh, Father, for the day of redemption. The, per, the, the, the collection of the purchased possession. And I just pray, Lord, grace upon grace. I pray, Lord, make them awake in their mind and spirit so that they can see the stuff that's like trying to draw their attention and distract so they can delineate between right and wrong, good and evil. Lord, thank you. You're going to come back and get us and you're going to finish everything that you started. And our hope is in you. Lord, I hope in your mercy. I hope in your mercy. I hope in your mercy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And Lord, we pray that your word, your truth uh, would wash and for some it would just hack off that bad stuff. <laughs> and Lord, you would come and have your way. Be magnified, be glorified in us, in our children, in our homes, our families. Come and be magnified, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. We're gonna have our prayer team up. If you need prayer for healing, you need prayer for, I think someone had a toothache, they said they came in, come, let's pray. Be surprised at what God does, he's amazing. And listen, if you're not filled with the Spirit, let me tell you this, if you're not filled with the Spirit and you've never been baptized in the Spirit, you need the Holy Spirit to be able to do what Jesus has given you to do. He's the only one that can make you stand. I would encourage, seek him on it, get prayer on it, but he'll, he's willing to fill us with the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.